What's up? It's Rob Cressy, founder of Bacon Sports, and joining me on today's show is Dr. Amy Robbins, host of the Life, Death, and Space Between podcast. Amy, super excited to have you back on the show. Super excited to be back on the show. And the reason I wanted to talk to you again is I wanted to get an update on what's been going on with your podcast since we last spoke a month ago, which was one week into your podcast launch. So, so much has been going on that I can barely keep up. Um, this has turned into a full-time job on top of my part-time job, on top of my full-time job of being a mom. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me, the podcast has over probably close to 5,500 downloads, I'm guessing by end of day today or tomorrow. I've since been working with some, I mean, I've reached out to some of really the kind of predominant people in the field of what I'm exploring, which is death, life, death, near-death experiences, mediumship. Um, and so I'm, I'm partnering with some of those people to do sort of mini podcasts about some of the, the offerings they have on their sites. I'm going to New York. And this is news to you. I'm going to New York in a couple weeks to promote my podcast on Cheddar. Nice. Um, what else? Those are, those are the big highlights. And then just like the everyday. I mean, I just am floored because I have very, I, have a, I think I talked about this last time. I only have now like 300 followers on Instagram. I think maybe I'm up to nine on Twitter. And so this has just been a viral experience of people just spreading the word to their friends, to other people they think would be curious. And everybody's listening to all the episodes, or it seems that way because the episodes have consistent downloads across the board. So it's like if someone's getting there because they we're connected to the person that I'm interviewing. They're not just listening to that podcast. They're going and listening to all the podcasts, which shows me that there's an interest in this topic. Which is fantastic. So have you started working on increasing the level of fan engagement that you can get? So now that you've got these interviews where people are consistently listening to them, and even though you don't have big social numbers, I would think that the next level for this would be you're going to slowly start building a community of people and having people reach out to you and say, Amy, I listened to this episode and I was inspired by this, or it made me think about this, or this was my story. Yes, I'm trying to. So I'm integrating some more, some more like themed podcasts around people who have had spiritual or mystical experiences that they want to share to come to either write me about them, tell me about them, get on an interview and I will turn those into podcasts. So I'm just starting to do that because the interest has just grown and I'm trying to get feedback as to what people like, what they want to hear more about. And I think people really are loving the, the personal stories and the encounters that, that they hear other people have had that give them comfort and hope. So is your creative brain starting to think differently or expand more based off of things that uh, we worked on together? So from the regular episodes to micro episodes to what is possible for a podcast episode and or your podcast as a whole? 
Oh, totally. I mean, it's, it's, first of all, I'm so much less rigid now about things. It, it just flows and I'm totally open to kind of whatever comes to me in terms of an idea or a possibility for a podcast. So, and engaging my audience in the podcast. Like it doesn't necessarily always need to, always need to be someone in the field who has years of study and experience in this. It can be your everyday person off the street who has had this type of spiritual or mystical experience to come and talk because I think that that makes it tangible for people. And then it becomes, oh, there's lots of people having spiritual, mystical experiences. Where is your confidence level right now in you as a podcast host mm. compared to where you started? Oh my God. I mean, compared to where I started, like 150% more confident than where I started. And what is bringing on the confidence? I think just a comfort in one, editing. <laughs> Two, that people have been really open and responsive, not only to the podcast, because I, you know, you know, I was really nervous about putting this out there, but they've been really reaching out to guests has been amazing. I mean, I, I have, it's hard to remember kind of where I was when I last talked to you. I guess you said I was only a week in. Yeah. In five days in, I believe. Yeah. So I reached out to one, a couple of really renowned people in the field and they were totally willing to do it. And then I just saw something on Instagram one day and reached out to someone and she responded right away and was like, I would love to talk to you on your podcast. And this was someone interestingly that I had heard about years ago and never really looked at her work and her current work is, is more relevant to what I talk about on my podcast, but she, when I reached out to her and I thanked her for being so quick to get back to me, she was like, when I saw you email me, I knew I had to be on your podcast. My podcast was like two weeks old at the time. Um, so things like that, that happen that just make me feel like, okay, this is what I should be doing at this time. And has your mindset then shifted about how you think about who you go after in terms of booking guests. So now that you're starting to go after more high profile people, now the sky is the limit, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, now I feel like I can, I can sort of be really thoughtful and purposeful about everybody that I put on. And, and one of the things she said to me was, I didn't even care who else you had on your show. I just knew I wanted to be on your show which was so affirming for me because it's like, I, I mean, I was like, well, why would you want to be on my show? I've, my show's been gone on for two weeks, but she just loved the topic. She loved the way I was talking about things and thinking about things. And so that was really validating for me. Awesome. So you had mentioned <laughs> that you are doing exactly what you were meant to do. Describe that a little bit more of how that has brought something out of you. Well, I mean, I think that we're always, you know, this, this sort of gets to more of what I talk about in my podcast is that we're always learning. We should be, in my opinion, always looking to learn and grow and push ourselves and move ourselves towards just a greater um, purpose. And 
I had known for a long time that I wanted to get my voice out there in a larger way and impact more people. And I had seen the effects of the work I was doing in my, in my practice with people. And, but I couldn't quite find the right way to do that. And then I think I had talked about in the last podcast, I had explored some other things and this just felt right. And it continues to feel right. And part of how I know it's right is that it's not hard. It doesn't feel like a challenge to book people. As a matter of fact, like I'm, I've started to build a really small team for myself, which I talked about last time, but I'm really relying on those people to help me because I can't keep up with reaching out to guests, reaching out to other podcasts to try to be on, reaching out to uh, PR, trying to get my name out there a little bit more and trying to be thoughtful about how I'm engaging with maybe doing some outreach and doing small groups and things like that, just trying to market myself, which is something that I've never been comfortable with. And it's, it's hard for me, but I'm doing it and I'm growing and it feels good. I love it. (laughs) And that's why the podcast launch process is so important because what I want is for you to be able to get into that comfort zone and the confident zone and feel the good, amazing things that can come from podcasting. And so many people get stuck before they even start because as we saw, this is a process to get to launching your first four episodes of your show. And then once you start seeing the fruits of your labor and what's possible, it's why podcasting is so amazing, but it's also why it's so important to have someone help guide you to get through the hard parts so you can get to the good stuff. Yeah, I couldn't, I mean, I, I don't think I could have done this without you because I was just on a friend's podcast the other day who I had spoken to a while back as well when I was first exploring all of this and I spoke to you and he has re- he had a podcast for years and is just relaunching and you know i just look back and i remember those conversations i remember where i was it was in my car on my way home from work when i spoke with you and just thinking oh my god this seems so daunting and you saying well i'll send you my uh, your pdf your book the free ebook your free ebook and reading through it and being like, I don't think I can do this myself. And I'm like, all right, I'm just going to hire you. I'm just going to pay the money, <laughs> suck it up. And hopefully that will get me there. And I have, so you said, get those first four episodes. I launched my 13th episode today. I have episode 14 coming out Monday. I have five in edits and am continually recording probably two to three a week. So it's just moving at such a fast pace. And it, it's not even like now I, I keep saying to my husband, I think it's time I need in my own office. Like I'm, you people who are listening can't see, but I'm working out of my son's bedroom. And I just am like rotating rooms wherever I get the best Wi-Fi and who's ever not home. That's where I kind of plot myself. But I'm really finding like I probably need my own space for this because it, it it's something. And did launching with four episodes help you build that momentum to get to where you are now? Yeah. I mean, my episodes are so, um, they're, they were bingeable. And I think that that's what happened is, 
my, I told my story. The first episode was like a trailer. And then I told my story and then I had three more. I launched with five episodes. So I had three more episodes that people could download. And I think that that was really helpful. One in building my confidence and two in giving people the, give, it gave me a lot of momentum where people were listening and engaged and wanting to hear more. And so then when I was launching them, every week, it was like, oh, great, I can't wait to listen to the next one. And it's not a series. It's not like serial or where you, you know, you have to listen to the one before to hear the next one. But it definitely helped with keeping the momentum going and the interest there. Is there anything unexpected that has popped up or you've learned that you've experienced in the last month since you've launched the podcast and you're like, oh, I didn't see this coming? I mean, the technology keeps being unexpected for me. Ah, let's talk. Let's, so let's talk about that because one thing that you will learn, which we've experienced on this podcast, is technology being inconsistent despite the fact that you do the exact same process every single time. I've done over 500 podcast episodes using the exact same process every single time. And there are times when it doesn't work for me. And it is mind-numbingly frustrating. Oh, it's so frustrating. I mean, I spent, I had a podcast that I recorded earlier today and we spent the first half hour trying to figure out the technology. She was moving rooms. I was, you know, telling her, fix your mic, do this. I'm still not sure the recording came out as clear as I would have wanted it to. But I think that I'm much more comfortable with just going with it at this point and kind of laughing off the technology. I know technology is a thorn for me. It's probably always going to be a thorn for me because of that, but I'm, it, doesn't, it doesn't ruffle me in the same way that it used to. I mean, even you and I today, like twice it's knocked me off and I'm like, okay, well, I had my phone plugged in, so that was probably why. You know, a couple times when I was recording the cell phone rang on my computer and I'm like, Oh, can I swear on this podcast? You do whatever you want. Okay. Oh shit. Like now, how am I going to edit that out? And I don't want to have to stop the person and go back to what they're saying. So I, it's just figuring out, it's like little things. It's like, it's like a gnat, like things that you just need to keep swatting away. But then you learn like next time I'll wear bug spray. But then it might need to be a different bug spray because the bug that comes might be a different bug than what I was expecting. What has been the best part of launching your podcast? One hearing, month into it now. Oh my God. Hearing how it's changing the way people are thinking about things. It's, it's moving people from like a rigid way of thinking to a more open way of thinking. It's, it's just, it's helping people, which was my purpose in doing it was to help more people. And it is. And so that's amazing. But I'd love more feedback on it because people aren't reaching out as much as I'd like them to, to, to let me know how it's helped them. So here's the tip for you. You can never stop soliciting engagement or giving the opportunity for it. So mm -hmm. there is a silent majority and a vocal minority in almost all things content creation. Everything you're going to do, majority of people aren't going to say anything. However, the brands that traditionally fail at engagement don't give their audience the opportunity to do so. So they'll be like, oh, this didn't work. We're going to stop asking the questions during the podcast. 
to engage with me and our guests. What you need to do and everyone is consistently ask the questions and not worry about if anybody responds. Because the key is you have to do your part for the engagement. You can't control if someone's gonna respond back to you. But as you continue to engage more and then all of a sudden uh, a guest sends you a story and you have them on the podcast or you read something about it, you'll start to build momentum because social proof ends up happening. One person will hear that, what, somebody else got on this show and they're like, oh my God, this is awesome. You can incentivize people. You can have them, when they do a rating and review in iTunes, you can say, I want you to and have a specific call to action. And hey, I'll read whatever's in your iTunes review on the show if you answer this specific thing. So there's a lot of different ways that you can try and drive fan engagement, but the key is don't ever stop asking. Yeah, and one of the things that I started to do, so this uh, Raymond Moody, who is the foremost researcher in near-death experiences, started this University of Heaven, and they're doing webinars that they charge for. So one of the things we're doing is offering a promotion where if you snap a picture of the, your review, send email it to them, they're going to put you in a raffle to win a free webinar. So things that are, you know, just partnering, which feels so good. It feels so good to be able to work with people in this field who want to get this out more and want it more in kind of the public consciousness to all be working together, which is so unique for me because I've been so isolated for 15 years, just working in my office, a little safe space and, you know, coming home at the end of the day. So that's been, that's been challenging for me. And I realized how comfortable I was and how it just got me to thinking how comfortable we all get kind of doing our routine and not necessarily pushing ourselves. Last thing. If someone has been thinking about creating a podcast for a while or they've been debating on if they should get someone to help them launch their podcast, what do you have to say to them based on your experience? If you really are committed and want to do it, get help. That's my, that's my advice for everything. I, I get a lot of help. I mean, I think, you know, I think we don't, you know, I have a skill set. I have a, I'm trained in clinical psychology. That is my skill set. I don't know anything, didn't know anything about podcasting. You did. So I needed help to learn about that skill set. And I need help with social media and editing. And eventually I have a feeling that I might be moving toward like maybe a little maybe an assistant to help me with booking and things like that, because I have a really full life. My life isn't podcasting. I work, I've got kids, I've got a husband, I've got me, which is super important to me is that I, that myself doesn't fall by the wayside in all of this, that I can still get to the gym and exercise and get that out. And so I just, it just feels really good. Awesome. Amy, I am so proud of the progress that you've made. Uh, I love seeing the success that you're having with the podcast, the way that people are gravitating towards you and the message and the way that you're helping others 
Where can people connect with you and listen to your show? You can go to iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher, and it's Life, Death, and the Space Between. You can get my newsletter at dramyrobbins.com, and we send out a newsletter kind of going a little bit more into depth as to what the podcast is about that week. And you can follow me on Twitter. You Come on, be my 10th follower, people at Dr. Amy Robbins or Instagram at Dr. Amy Robbins as well. And as always, I would love to hear from you about this episode. If you've been thinking about creating a podcast, what has stopped you? You can hit me up on Instagram at Rob underscore Cressy, on Twitter at Rob Cressy, or on LinkedIn. And boom goes the dynamite.